Hi, this is Bill Farmer, and you're listening to Disney Vault Talk. So stay tuned. From magical movies. All it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. To unforgettable adventures. Well, once there was a princess. I'm an outlaw, that's what. That's no life for a lovely lady always on the run. From the thrill of the theater to the comfort of your home. Do you want to build a snowman? Or ride our bike around the hall? I don't care how you kill the little beast, but do it! And do it now! You can always count on something new from Disney. That's why they call me Thumper. For the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your stuff. Look! Have I got it? The magic feather! Now you can fly! Ohana means family. Just a sec! Buzz, will you get up here and give me a hand? <laughs> That's very funny. I'm taking you to someplace pretty special. The king has returned. Join us for discussion and commentary as we open the Disney Vault with your hosts, Steve Glosson and Teresa Delgado. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the most magical podcast on the internet. This is Disney Vault Talk. My name is Steve Glosson. Glad to be along with you. On this episode, we're going to be talking about a wonderful little movie, a movie called Bolt. And it's not just me. Ladies and gentlemen, so proud to welcome back and have with us after a few weeks hiatus. Oh, this just brings warm feelings to my heart in the words of Yoda. The lovely, the talented, the powerful. Teresa Delgado. Hello, Teresa. Hey, I'm alive. Welcome home. (laughs) I'm so excited. We haven't done a vault talk in a while. Actually, the first or the last official episode we did was in December. Uh, We did a show for the marathon, but movie episode was in December, so it's been a while. Been a while. Uh, We raised over $5,500 in that marathon, though, Teresa. That's so crazy. Yeah, for Cure, and and we thank everyone who donated and gave and was a part all day listening for everyone that tuned in and out throughout the day, and uh, for everyone who tuned in afterwards and donated. Thank you so much for that. Can't wait till next year. Uh, We're going to try to do even better. We're going to have a goal of $5,600. Listen, my goal is that we will get invited one of these days to like a cure banquet, you know? Oh, that would be cool. And they'll be like, and we're so happy because they've raised over 20. They always, every year they've been raising money. And this year they raised over $50,000 in one day with just wow. you, five or six cool people. How cool would that be? Yeah, that'd be amazing. Get the I old pat know. on the back, get a plaque maybe. Maybe oh, a little. I like plaques. <laughs> You know who had a lot of plaques? Who's that? My grandpa. Oh. 
And so that leads me, you see that segue? Um, that leads me into explaining sort of what has been going on. Um, my grandfather was sick for about two years with cancer. And towards the end of last year, I started taking a step back. If you guys didn't notice, I'm sure you did, because I was spending more time with my family. And then in February, he did pass away. So it's been a little bit of a roller coaster for a while, but I'm trying to get my life back together. If you don't follow me on Instagram, I posted a really awesome picture of my Her Universe Star Wars denim jacket. And my quote was um, learning to live my life again with Star Wars. So, uh, yeah, that's what happened. Well, we're glad you're back. And, and throughout this whole time, our thoughts and prayers have been with you and your family. And, and you have been missed. And we recognize that you... Um, that 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 you had to step away and and take care of family first that's how it goes and uh and and you know we tried to communicate throughout this whole time that uh that the podcast would be waiting that there's no hurry and you do what you need to do and we are and i say we meaning myself and the entire goaliverse i speak Teresa, for the goaliverse um we we love you and we have missed you and we have been praying for you and thinking about you through the whole thing and um and just uh whatever we can do to help you get back to as much as normal as you can get that we're we're there for you yeah thank you um there are a couple things i'd like to mention though if you follow me on twitter that I did post a couple articles that were written about my grandfather so um you can i'll retweet them again so that you guys can find them quicker uh and maybe put the links in like my bio or something because they're really good articles about all the stuff he did but also i think podcasting with you steve helped me out a lot because i did my i did the eulogy at the Mm -hmm. funeral oh wow and my public speaking skills i think were on point and (laughs) my mom my mom gave me the video actually today and i did get to watch it um right before we went live and i was like wow i've learned some stuff from my (laughs) (laughs) co-host like how to put certain you know inflections on certain words Mm -hmm. and to pause in the right parts and to wait you know to get the get the pops from the crowd and stuff and i did and i got the things i wanted (laughs) like i wanted like laughs in certain parts you know and things and it happened good good and i didn't cry i was so happy yeah well there you did in in Irish and I mentioned it on an episode of Rebel Yell. You posted an article in the Facebook group that you can get to by going to geekoutonline.com slash group. Um I, I believe it was in my it was from mystatesman.com and mm-hmm. it's a bit of an obituary by them, but it just it really lists all the accomplishments of your grandfather and what a remarkable man he was. Um and so if you wanna Head over to geekoutonline.com slash group. You can read that article that's posted. You'll have to scroll down a little bit, but it's there from back in February. Yeah, I can bump it up. Um, Or if anybody's on there right now, just put a comment on it. It'll bump it up. But Shaz Bazaar was saying, I don't know how you couldn't cry. I actually prayed before I went to my grandfather to help me get through it without crying, and I was able to do it. So that's that's how you do that. Yeah. Um, I, I want to back up just a second to your earlier segue. And I did get a private message from Daniel in India, and he said that may have been the greatest segue of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we're glad you're back. You've been, you've been sorely missed, and, um, and, and I have not been 
immersing myself in the world of Disney appropriately uh, because, you know, we haven't been doing the show. And um, just watching Bolt, man, I tell you what, if, if, if Disney is good for nothing else, it's good for just taking you to a happy place, dropping a few tear bombs on you, and, uh, and bringing you right back around that happy place. Oh, I know. But you know what? Bolt has like everything in it. Oh, my land. It makes it's like, oh, I can't wait to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. This it's, is definitely not going to be a repeat of Fox and the Hound. Mm-mm, no, no. As, as stated, potentially off mic. Potentially? <clears throat> Hello. What was that? <laughs> Hello, Glosson. Welcome. Uh, well, I've been told recently that I don't have a good voice for radio, nor am I funny. So, potentially. What? Uh, what as Whoever said, said that needs to go find something easy. else to it, do. Go find themselves. Um, <laughs> if. said off air was potentially off air i don't know if we'll leave it in or not but this is the movie that fox and the hound should have been (laughs) (laughs) oh man before we do it let's get into some emails how about that all right when you mail a letter you can send it anywhere on foot by truck by aeroplane the postman gets it there so write a letter to a friend Maybe she'll write you No matter what you always know The mail must go through We need those letters From General Lee, dear son, we're waiting for the Huns at the pass It would mean a lot if you'd come and back us up Oh, can you read this? There's no pictures Then I'll put that flea in a box And then I'll put that box inside of another box And then I'll mail that box to myself And when it arrives <laughs> I'll smash it with a all right, we've got uh, we've got a several emails. We got, where's that? There's that random A again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that random A that needs to go find itself. Um, mm, let's just start with Jess, our good friend Jess is emailed, and this is from way back in September. We we have we've got a mailbag that's piling up, and we need to uh, probably do one of those episodes where we clean it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will. Uh, We'll, we'll we'll get to a few on this episode. Jess says Treasure Planet. This will go back goes back to our Treasure Planet episode. Is one of the Disney is uh, one of the Disney films that I'm not sure when the first time I watched it was, but it's in my top ten Disney movies. Has a great cast, and I love the way they told the Treasure Island story in a unique way. Uh, that's how you catch a unique rabbit, by the way. Unique up on him. The post Resistance era or the post Resistance? I'm sorry. Is this the <laughs> is this the Force Awakens? Has Starkiller Base attacked the Hosnian system? The post-Renaissance era of Disney has a few of my top ten Disney films. Uh, The Emperor's New Groove, Atlantis uh, being included along with this one. After Brother Bear, my interest in Disney films kind of died out until Tangled came out. I still love the old ones, but the other films they were putting out just didn't seem like something that would hold my interest. I actually need to track down the next five films on the list because I've never seen them. I know I'm a little late to the game, but I figured I'd send in my top ten Disney songs. I went by the rules you had set up. There are Disney songs that I like better than these, but they didn't fit in with the rules. Thank you for following the rules, Jess. Here they go. Number ten, starting with... And here's this week's countdown, starting with number ten. Trash in the Camp from Tarzan. Prince Ali, the reprise from Aladdin. That's what friends are for, the Jungle Book. 
I won't say I'm in love, Hercules. Be prepared from The Lion King. Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. Uda Lolly from Robin Hood. And the top three round out this way. Why should I worry? Oliver and Company. Friends on the other side. Prince of the Frog. And Jess's number one song of Disney fame. Court of Miracles from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. My songs tend to sway more toward the villains. And honestly, I don't think there's a villain song that I don't like from Disney. Even though I haven't seen The Princess and the Frog. Friends on the Other Side is my favorite villain song. I couldn't remember for... Go ahead. I don't understand. You haven't seen this movie. It's a great song, but you need to see it in its context. She well, and she will. And it makes it even more like woo. I couldn't remember for certain, but I thought that in one episode Teresa had mentioned that she likes newsies. Love newsies, oh my god. Uh if you're a fan of the movie or if you'd gotten into the stage show as well, Teresa. Both. She, she highly suggests checking out said stage show. She saw it on tour twice last year and can't wait for it to come back to my area. I definitely will see it again. Newsies is my favorite film version of a musical and my favorite stage production as well. I'm super excited because they're going to be filming the touring stage production of Newsies next week and releasing it next year at some point. It'll have the touring cast, and they are bringing back some people from the original Broadway cast, including Jeremy Jordan from, uh, from okay. Supergirl. So there's a superhero geek connection to Disney. He plays Jack Kelly and is fantastic. Well, my email has gotten a bit long. Can't wait for the next episode. And that's from Jess. Yes. So excited. I like Jeremy Jordan a lot. He's awesome. Who is he on Supergirl? He's Wynn. Okay. Yeah, he's a funny dude on, on Supergirl. And now on to the Gospel of John. The Gospel gospel according to John. The Gospel according to John Waymire. And Disney rules. And Disney rules. Okay, so I'm kind of excited to be reading this email. I'm not really sure why, but it has my name in it. So I'm, like, excited to read it. He says, after listening to the Treasure Planet episode, I have a small rant. Uh Uh-oh, okay, I'm not excited anymore. Here we go. Not against Vault Talk, of course, as the podcast is superb as always. Oh, thank you, John. After hearing Teresa read the three guidelines that must be followed when working on a Disney movie, I was riled up. Riled up. The one I'm ranting about is the no impalement. Uh, Darn you, Disney. There you go. (laughs) Where were you with your morals when you let my favorite Star Wars character get impaled by a lightsaber last December? December? Where, Disney? Where? Rant over. Keep up the good work, John. I feel like Lucasfilm has different rules. They get to kill everyone in their movies. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're the the female lead, if you're the if you're the funny droid, the Mexican American gentleman. Yep, doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, you are gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> um, go ahead and take Tipton. Tipton. All right, we have another email from Chris Tipton. Tipton. Hello, Teresa and Steve. It's Tipton. Tip-ton. Back again. <laughs> <laughs> May try to write in every show now. <laughs> well, not since September. Mm. Well, he said try. <laughs> well, I mean, has there been a show since then? Um, okay. See, we shall. See, we. What? See, we shall. He's doing oh, Yoda see talk. See, we shall. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. good. See, we shall. I was hoping y'all could maybe talk about the Swan Princess. It's the most. It's Disney movie that's not a Disney movie. 
And it was as much a part of my childhood as Disney was. I found myself completely smitten again with the film lately and just wanted to hear y'all talk about it. The characters, humor, songs, and Rothbart the villain stand toe-to-toe with Disney any day. And I defy anyone to tell me Odette isn't more beautiful than just about any Disney princess. Anyway, hope y'all can make time for this. Thanks, and keep up the glorious work. Tip done. Tip done. Um, well... Seeing as we are super far behind as it is, I am going to put that in the list of non-Disney movies we should still cover. So, like, I got, so I've got to watch a. So I'm going to have to watch a movie. Time. Are you telling me I'm going to have to watch a movie called The Swan Princess? I've actually never seen it. Me either. But Tip Tuan likes it. He's all about it. Um, this comes from Joshua. Joshua Schaefer. Uh, he says, "Hey guys, I recently started listening to the podcasts. Uh, le- recently started listening to podcasts last year. I was looking up Disney podcasts and ran across yours. Being the perfectionist that I am, I started from your Snow White episode and worked my way to the more recent. I love your show. That is high praise, and thank you for sticking with us as we tried to find our stride. Uh, I'm a bit of a Disney historian. He wrote a book about the history of Disneyland called Discovering the Magic Kingdom: An Unofficial Disneyland Vacation Guide." So, I would like a copy. So there's an un- there's a there's an unsolicited plug for Joshua Schaefer's book. Um, <clears throat> I even have a section in it for the movie Fun Facts. A woo. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, "Keep up the awesome show. I love hearing the conversations between the two of you, um, so that the episode isn't monotonous with just straight facts. You also include other things in history besides the film stuff, like the strike." which affected the movie production, The War, Disney's Death, other movies released at the same time just to account for theatrical competition and other details. You're also not afraid to mention other films that are not Disney, like the Don Bluth material. Uh, oh, this is a fun one. Here we go. Let's let's pat ourselves on the back uh, via Joshua. Steve, your jokes and impersonations make me laugh and cut down the monotony of my one-hour commute. Teresa, your passion for Walt and his accomplishments is something to be admired. Walt was a great man, and people can't forget that. I, too, get all choked up when I'm speaking at conventions and retelling Walt's last months with the company and his last visit to the studio to check on the progression of his favorite and most elaborate attraction, Pirates of the Caribbean, which is my favorite. Um, <clears throat> uh, let's see. Keep doing what you're doing. Can't wait to get until you get to the Pixar films and maybe in the live actions. He's going to have a booth at D23 this year with his book, uh, if you're so go- amazing. So if you guys are attending, if anyone's attending D23, stop by and say hello. Uh, have a productive 2017. Here's a top 10 countdown. These are his favorite movies. Uh, number 10, Aladdin. Then there's The Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, The Little Mermaid, Sword in the Stone, Robin Hood, Tangled. Mm. Number three, Brave. And he says, I know it's Pixar. I can't help myself. Number two, Moana, and number one, Zootopia. Every time someone says fun facts, I say, woo forever listener Joshua Schaefer. Uh, he says, here, I know Bold is your, is your next episode, so here's a fun fact you won't find anywhere. All right, here's the t- hit challenge, Teresa. He was correct. I didn't find this anywhere. Nice. Disney sent an audio team to the Contra Costa County Animal Shelter in Pinole, California. Did I say that right? Pinole? I don't know. California to record the dogs barking for the dog pound scene in Bolt. I know this because I was working there at the time they came in. All right. Well, that's pretty cool. That is very cool. And finally, Teresa? 
Well, we have to address something. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, I'm in trouble. Apparently. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know. I don't know. You want to read this, or do you want me to... You want me to read the first one or the second one? Wait, are we not on him yet? No, it is. There's two. He has two? Yeah, he sent us two. Okay. Um, so we have an email from David Wyhe. Is it Wyhe? how you say his name. He says Stephen. Uh-oh. He and started he, with your full name. He also spelled it wrong. I do the and PH. No, it's your PH. You're yeah. not a V. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's confusing because mm-hmm. when it's Steve, it's a V. <laughs> Right. I mean, you could be Steve, but it would be more like Steph. Mm, that's not. Mm-hmm. He says, Stephen W. Glosson. Mm. I don't think that's your middle name. No, it's not. And he said, I have no idea what your middle initial is, but needed one to emphasize how serious this is. Look, we need to talk about the Yoda Seagulls video. Yes, let's talk about it. I love talking about it. You know, and this is the one podcast I don't think it... No, it has. It, it did make creep its way onto here, didn't it? I'm sure it might have. Um, you know, the one that goes like, <laughs> you should sing that because like. Everyone told me not to stroll on that beach. Woohoo. Said seagull's going to come. Poke me in a coconut. And they did. And they did. So, he said, I love the seagull video. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to do that. I love the seagull's video. I love it a little too much. Mm. It takes a lot of effort to stop it from running through my head. Yeah. It's on the verge of taking over and ruining my life. Yeah. A week or two after it came out, I finally got it out of my head. And the next day, I'm listening to my podcast. And who plays it? You do. Yes. On goal. Yep. Stuck in my head again. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even get through that episode of Goal without going to YouTube and listening to it about 20 times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A week or two goes by, and I finally get it out of my head and start to resume my life. I'm listening to Disney Vault Talk, and who plays it again? Yep. Stephen J. Glosson. Yep. That's who. That's right. I'm on YouTube right now watching it for the nighttime this hour as I type this. Sounds like you've got the problem, David. So for the sake of my sanity, Stephen P. Glosson, mm-hmm. I ask that you never play or refer to the Yoda Seagulls video. Mm-hmm. I'll bet you just read this email on DVT, so now it's in my head again. Thanks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's your so fault. So go ahead and play one more time. I'm sure by the time the next DVT, D- DVT comes out, I'll have completely forgotten I've written this anyway. Wow. Thanks for ruining my life, Stephen T. Glosson. <laughs> Don't fall asleep. Don't <laughs> fall asleep. Uh, we did get a second one from him. I, I missed this. Um, <laughs> he's the <laughs> he refers another to another... Uh, show in the Goliverse. He says, here I am sitting listening to the Santa Slam episode of Mark Out Loud. I think I'm safe with this one. There's no way you're going to play or reference the Yoda Seagulls video. Star Wars has nothing to do with wrestling. Then, like an RKO out of nowhere, you mention the video. Eight times. I had to watch the video in its entirety eight times before listening to the rest of the episode. Well, here you go. By request from David, ladies and gentlemen. It's the seagull song. Sing along. Down from the beach, I was strolling. But the seagulls poked my head. Not fun. I said, seagulls, stop it now. <laughs> so today, Teresa, I was doing the big honking show. And the thing, the rule of this song Pumpy is... in the coconut. Go, <laughs> <laughs> the rule of this... 
<laughs> I have a couple of funny stories. Number one, doing the Big Honkin' Show today, the song got mentioned. I mentioned the song. And the rule for me with this song is if it gets mentioned, it gets played. I mean, for right yeah, now. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's a fair rule. Yeah, and that rule may change with time. But for now, that's the rule. That log had a child. Had a child. <laughs> um, that might be my favorite <laughs> And the other thing is, is um, at the church I'm currently going to, uh, I'm really good friends with the music pastor and his family, and they've got a little girl. She's nine years old. She's the one that she saw Rogue One, and as the credits are rolling, she's like, that was amazing. I can't wait to watch the other ones. At least in those, everybody doesn't die. Oh, wait, they kill Han Solo. <laughs> Um, and <laughs> so we were, we were bopping along, we were headed to lunch the other day after church and we're walking into where we're eating and I looked at her and I'm like, <clears throat> uh, rocking, rocking and rolling. And she just looked back at me and she's like, down to the beach, I'm strolling and the seagulls poke at my head. And then her dad just shouts, not fun. <laughs> and so. <laughs> So, yeah. That's... I feel like walking around at Celebration, I, um, my, I have a little portable speaker that my dad got me, and mm-hmm. it clips onto, like, whatever. And so I have it clipped onto my backpack that I usually carry around at a con, so I feel like having that song playing okay, real loud. Okay, what we've got... This to... thing is super loud. <laughs> what we've got to do... What we've got to do is make you a playlist that consists of that, um, the, uh, the, uh... The Thrawn aims to kill song from Shaz Bazaar, and um, and the Jedi Party Jam dance mix from the Arl Knots. Yep, uh, <laughs> where they go through all the names. <laughs> I'm gonna walk around and I'm gonna have Shaz walk like behind me, videotaping me as I like walk through the con floor and dance to the. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's awesome. That is great. Daniel, if I was able to go to celebration with you and Doc, I would gladly cosplay as the Impractical Jokers. Doc has to be Murr. So, if you're not watching Practical Jokers, True TV, you should. It's one of the best shows on television. Well, that's our emails, Teresa. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's, let me, where's the rundown? What's next? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Disney Watch. Disney Watch. Hey, watch it, watch it, watch it. Watch yourself. Balls, who goes there? Watch it now, watch it, watch it. Watch it, my boy. Watch. All right, you want to just play this video here? Yeah, so Steve doesn't know what this first news thing is on purpose, so go. Okay, here we go. It's all intense. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to bring to the stage... Lynn Manuel Miranda. Here we go. That was uh, Dwayne Johnson. Hello, hello, hello! Welcome to the premiere of Moana, you guys! A song that I sing in the movie is called You're Welcome and Thank You. And it was written by Lynn, and I figure since we're here, it's a celebration. Oh, you want to drop a little You're Welcome on him? A word? I think we dropped some. You're welcome. Yeah. Hey, 
What can I say except you're welcome for the wonderful world you know? Hey, hey, it's okay, it's okay, you're welcome. We'll come to think of it, I gotta go. Hey, it's okay, it's okay, you're welcome. Cause I'm gonna need that boat. Hey, I'm sailing away, away, you're welcome. Cause now we can do everything but float. You're welcome, you're welcome, and, and thank, thank you. you. Ladies and gentlemen, we bring out the star of Moana, the voice of Moana. Moana. Ladies and gentlemen, Auli'i Cravalho. So does he just sing with everybody, Teresa? Uh... I haven't watched this whole thing. I just wanted you to see okay. him singing "You're Welcome" because uh, he sings. Yeah, and it's awesome. Well, you know, he used to sing the SmackDown Hotel all the time. But this is a Disney song. Oh yeah, I couldn't true. actually find the video I wanted to show you, but hmm. that was close enough because you haven't seen Moana yet, I'm and uh, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> You have to. You got make it happen. It's it's now available digitally, I'm, right? I know, but I'm gonna make it happen. Okay. I'm gonna make it happen for you, Steve. Because right. when it comes out and I'll give everybody the date later. I buy the version that has the digital copy. So I have it on my movies my Disney movies anywhere. Mm-hmm. So once I have it, I'm gonna give you my login so you can go okay. and watch Moana. Is this gonna make me cry? Not really. Okay, good. I mean, it makes me cry, but I okay. cry about everything. Well, I got to tell you, these Disney movies, man, they, they they punch you right in the gut. No, it's really funny. Okay. And powerful. All right. But not in a sad way. Good. Good. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I've heard nothing but good stuff about it. I did finally watch Zootopia. You know that, right? Ooh, do you like it? I did like it. I did like it. I got to be honest, it was a little overhyped to me by the time I got to watch it. And, um, well, yeah, because it took you like five years. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, so, um, did you like the Godfather part? That was probably yes, my favorite. yes. Of course I did. Of course I did. Yeah. And I did like the really the little fat chubby cheetah guy, and he's like, "Look at me stereotyping you." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So Moana's coming out. When does Moana come out? Well, that would be jumping ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I shall leave you in. Well, I just figured it would be a natural segue. Well, I guess you're so good at segues these days. Mm-hmm. It comes out on March 7th. Okay. It was out on digital on February 21st, so you can right. buy it just the digital copy right. if you're that person, Aaron Goins. Mm. Um, or if you're like me and you actually like to have the discs and the box and the mm-hmm. stuff. What's interesting is I do like to have the discs and the box and the stuff, but I end up using these digital copies. Oh, yeah, totally. Because totally it's so much agree. easier just to bump there on the Apple TV and not have to uh, not have to get up and put in discs and take out discs and that sort of Especially now they've started putting extras on the iTunes, on, on, yes. your, on your digital copies. Yes. I mean, I like that, too. And I do that also. But I still want the discs. Yeah. I don't know. Old-fashioned, well, I guess. Well, speaking of things that are on the horizon, have we got a DuckTales trailer? We do. We have a first look at DuckTales. I've not seen this. It actually came out today. I've not watched this. Gonna have to... uh... Destination, McDuck Manor. McDuck Manor? As in Scrooge McDuck? The bajillionaire? You're finally gonna sell us. 
Super pumped about the animation style per se, but you know. I think it's going to grow on me. You know, I think that that it's just one of those things that animation today is different. But overall, I think it's just Huey, Dewey, and Louie look a little weird. Mm -hmm. Everybody else looks fine. Yeah, uh, the but it's also like the colors and everything. Um, it's it's got a very maybe minimalist that's a hard word to say minimalistic minimalistic look to it that that kind of seems to be the trend in 2d animation these days on television um but uh but listen the jokes landed for me so i'm there yep i'm, I'm excited there. yeah now this next thing also came out today it's the trailer for pirates of the caribbean i've not Pie. seen i've not seen this what is this all about Dead Men Tell No Tales. Pirates had infected the seas for generations. So I vowed to eliminate them all. And then, there was this boy. Jack Sparrow. Follow him in! He took everything from me and filled me with rage. The dead have taken command of the sea. They're searching for Pearl, a girl, and a sparrow. I have heard stories of a mighty Spanish captain who hunted and killed. Thousands of men. No, 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 men, no. No, 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 no. Pirates. Pirates. I once knew a Spaniard named something in Spanish. He's coming for you, Jack. Where's your ship? Your crew? Your pants? Jack, move! I'm so sorry, were you still talking? There's nowhere to hide. From this moment on, we are to be allies. 
considering where your left hand is, I'd say we're more than that. Monkey. Whoop. I'm not looking for trouble. What a horrible way to live. You will pay for what you did to me. Men on that ship are looking for Jack. So I'm going to swim for it. Karina, stop that. No, 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 no. Don't stop that. This has gone far enough. No, it has not. I saw her ankles. You'd have seen a lot more if you kept your cake holes shut. <laughs> now, look, how'd you feel about the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean? Loved it. Did you? Freaky I, Mermaid's awesome. I saw it the one time, and I honestly don't really remember it all that much. I liked it. Um, and uh, and but this looks like almost a return to the original, like Curse of the Black Pearl. Well, Will Turner's back. I they saw, just haven't shown him yet. Well, no, they have in the Super Bowl spot. Oh, see, I've missed it. Yeah, he had, it. he had barnacles on his face. <gasps> yeah. Are they ruining my, my Orlando Bloom? They might be. No. They may be. And <gasps> and this, and, and Pirates of the Caribbean, though, though the codas, you know, the end scenes after the trailer had been done before, looking at you, Master of the Universe from 1987... And a, and a few others, pirates really brought into popularity this idea of doing something after the credits roll. Mm-hmm. Um, from from the very first get go. So, um, I'll be there. I'm I'm looking forward to it. They it it seems it seems like it's been a return to kind of the adventure on the high seas kind of thing, and and they keep fi- figuring out ways to bring in like these mystical, ghostly, you know, magical things with it. There's freaking ghost sharks. Um, yes. Yep. Doing the so doing the air jaws thing. Um I, I was looking at Johnny Depp there and it reminded me in the past since I guess since the last time we did a Disney Vault Talk, I watched The Lone Ranger. Oh. Did you see that movie? I still have not. Which uh, is weird. Well, because it's got, Johnny Depp and it's Disney and I don't know why. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people didn't like it. Apparently. I bet you I would. Um, I enjoyed it. Okay, it was a little long. It could have done. It could have. They could have snipped about fifteen minutes here or there, but the whole third act, and I'm not really spoiling anything here. The whole third act is 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 scored with the William Tell Overture, the original, <laughs> the original intro music to the to the Lone Ranger theme, and I guess even the radio show was that was and so. The whole third act is is basically that's the score for it, and it it caused me to sit up and kind of cheer a little bit when I was watching it. So I would I I, I suggest it. I think it was a fun movie. It was pretty good. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, so next up is a bunch of stuff that was announced for the Disney parks. Okay. So Rivers of Light mm-hmm. at Animal Kingdom is now open. In so the if you Rivers of the Light. So if you go to Disney World, make sure that you stay at Animal Kingdom after dark because riding Expedition Everest at night is amazing and the um, safari ride in the evening, all the animals are awake and actually walking around and stuff. Mm. And now Rivers of Light is open and I haven't watched any of the videos of what it looks like because we're going to be there in April for a celebration. So I'm going to see it for the first time fresh. Speaking of when, speaking of animals, yeah. has that giraffe given birth yet? I don't know. 
But there's apparently some other zoo that just had a baby giraffe. Mm -hmm. And they're like, look at us, we won. Or something. So, um, Avatar Land and Animal Kingdom will be opening this year, Whoa. May 27th, so it's coming very quickly. And if you like the Wishes fireworks at Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World, you need to get there and see them before May 11th because Wishes is being replaced. And, Steve, I'm gutted. I mm. knew it was going to happen. Yeah. But I'm gutted because this is um, – me and Greg, this is our, like, romance fireworks mm -hmm. essentially so we get to see it one last time before it goes away um it's been around for a long time it was it first started magic kingdom in 2003 so it's been around for a very long time but it's going to be replaced by a show called happily ever after that will have fireworks projections and lasers and all kinds of new technology and things like that and it'll have movies like aladdin beauty and the beast frozen lion king little mermaid moana peter pan princess and the frog and toy story in it and it's supposed to be very very good this is the rumor so mm -hmm. we'll see we will see. And then, of course, most importantly, we have a date for Star Wars Land 2019. Mm. The year is 2019. But here's my question. Mm -hmm. It's 2017. Mm -hmm. So this is when we have celebration. We have celebration in the States on odd years. Mm -hmm. So are they coinciding celebration to be with the opening of the parks? They may be. Um, so far, I've got to be honest with you. Uh, if this year's celebration is any indication of what they're doing with celebration to coincide it with anything else under the Disney banner, uh, they're not doing a very good job because this celebration falls exactly one week before the dark side run that's down mm -hmm. in Orlando. And I feel like that was just poor planning on everybody's part. Um, so, but maybe they are, maybe they're, maybe they're getting their stuff together and doing that. I, I wouldn't hold my breath if that's the case. And if it is, it'll be celebration in Anaheim. Um, and so it'll be maybe, yeah. So it'd be, um, the opening out at, uh, out at Disneyland. Um, yeah, because if, 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 if they follow the pattern that they started a few years back, it's going to be Orlando, then Europe, then Anaheim, right? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. So, so no, so wait, Anaheim, no, it was Anaheim, Europe, Orlando, Anaheim, Europe, Orlando. Okay. Right. So yeah, I guess it, wait. Yeah. No, it went Anaheim. It went Orlando, Anaheim, Europe, didn't it? So, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm very confused. Well, the first one, the first celebration once the Disney acquisition happened was the Anaheim one. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Are you sure? Yes. Because <laughs> we were all scared they weren't going to do celebration anymore. Mm. Okay. And so that was in... Because it was Celebration Europe... When in Germany, when we learned about all of the stuff, or like shortly thereafter, it was just what was it after or just before? It's not it's somewhere. It was before some, because because okay. we'd been at Celebration Six down in Orlando, and that's where I was making the seven eight nine jokes. And then it was October that following year, or that following that following October after uh, Celebration, when the I mean just a month after, where they said. Mm. You know, here it is because the big announcement at the closing ceremonies was we're going to Germany and everyone's like, yay, you know, we thought it was going to be something <laughs> else. And um, yeah. And so then I guess they took a year off and the, yeah, I guess the first one back would have been Anaheim. And then 
mm-hmm. Europe and now Orlando. So yeah, I guess that that might be the order. But see, that still puts them unless they're unless they're bouncing back and forth states to Europe, states to Europe, and so we haven't seen that pattern quite yet. Yeah, so I guess we'll just have to wait and yeah. see. All right. Now, when you talk about Beating the Beast, it's coming out very soon. Mm-hmm. And I'm super pumped. And we got the final trailer before the movie comes out. And play it. Play okay. It. My dear Belle, you're so ahead of your time. This is a small village. You are the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen. Nobody deserves you. And <laughs> he's looking in the mirror as well. But small also means safe. I've come for my father. He's a thief. Come into the light. I will escape, I promise. Look, a girl. Who said that? Hello. You can talk. Hello, of course. It's all he ever does. How lovely to make your acquaintance. Want to see me do a trick? What happens when the last petal falls? The Nastel remains a beast forever. And we become antiques. What did you do to it? Nothing. Get out of here. If she is the one who'll break the spell, you must finally learn to love. Have you really read every one of these books? <gasps> Some of them are in Greek. True as it can be. They need Celine. Oh, I'm so excited. They need Celine Dion. I, you know, I'm I'm mixed. I have very mixed emotions about this situation because, on one hand, it's great, it's really cool, and they've been they've had a lot of success with these, you know, taking the animated features and doing them live action, and there's more coming down the way. And, um, but you know, one of the things is, I don't know, it's one of those things like. You're, you're spending money to show off what you can do with live action stuff now. That's great. Nemo Watson's great. And the story's great. But also, um, I feel like Beauty and the Beast did a really good job. And, I, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong. I thought they did a really good job of making Belle one of the more, one of the stronger female heroines of the Disney princesses. Um, she was smart. It's front, right from the outset. She's reading and she's smart and she's intelligent and and because of that, she's outcast, and that's communicated very well, just in the opening scene. Um, mm-hmm. 
and and right down to uh, with you know when Gaston's like, are you you're reading? That doesn't even have any pictures, you know, and 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 the fear of that which is different is very well communicated in that movie. And so just some of the dialogue that's in that trailer feels you know with her dad talking to her and everything feels really kind of heavy handed, and um, and again I I'm I, I'm maybe on the outside of this, but I feel like. I don't want them to use these things. There's there's a way to communicate these messages that I felt like were very effectively communicated in the in the animated version, for example, um, without being too preachy. And it almost felt a little preachy, you know, with what he was saying to her and everything. Well, that could also just be for the trailer, too. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily know that that's going to be in the film. But what I have heard is that in this version, she's actually more of the inventor than her father is. Mm. And there's been a bunch of interviews with Emma Watson about the strength of Belle and all of that stuff. So that's not something that is going to be missing. Right. So I can't wait to see it. I'm I'm not afraid that it's going to be missing. I'm afraid that it's going to end up being not just shown, but told. Mm. And And when they start telling you these things, it becomes this preachy thing. You know, that, that to me kind of takes away. It's just like anything. You know, if you if you find out if you're being blatantly taught a lesson, sometimes you don't like it as much as you do when you're just, when, when they sneak it in on you. you right. Know, like, well, maybe that's just for the truth. Yeah. So. And there's another very important thing that came out this week as well. Uh, Josh Gatt, who plays Olaf mm-hmm. in Frozen, is LeFou in, Gas- in Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. And he is going to be the first openly gay Disney character. And I am very interested to see how that goes. Um, Josh Gad said in an interview with, um, magaz- with a magazine attitude that he – what did he say? What did he say? Or he'd revealed this information, I guess, at that particular thing. Mm-hmm. And they said it's a first for the studio to feature an openly gay character in a fairy tale film. While Disney has hinted at a few gay characters in the past, such as Oaken in Frozen, it's all been relegated to subtext. LeFou's sexuality will be prominent, according to the director. LeFou is somebody who on one day wants to be Gaston and on another day wants to kiss Gaston. He's very confused about what he wants. It's somebody who's just realizing that he has these feelings and Josh makes something really subtle and delicious out of it. And that's what has its payoff. Or, yeah, and that's what has its payoff at the end, which he doesn't want to give away. But it's a nice exclusively gay moment in a Disney movie. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. So I'm curious. Yeah, intrigues me. I I mean, they're they're on they're they're asking for trouble, I think. Um, you know, and and if that's the, if that's the hill they want to go for, and you know, in this film, that's fine. I from what I read, the the article I read led me to believe it, it's going to be played more for laughs than anything, though. Um, yeah, I've only read I've read this one, and then I've read a couple other ones, but nothing. You know how I am. I don't really feel like reading everything sure. that they release. Well, I mean, there's been like a ton of featurettes, and I haven't watched them all because yeah. I don't want to ruin yeah. it for myself. But again, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to get because I know that I'll. You know that we we may come to uh, you know maybe at odds on this, and there's no sense in in turning this into that kind of discussion. Um, but but I also I don't know. I just I don't. I'm not a yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm not for it. 
Yeah, um, well, I guess it really, again, it all goes back to how it's done mm-hmm. and, you know, if it fits into the story or if it's thrown in your face Yeah. type of thing. I mean, so, on, you know, it, I can see where they would make this step from, you know, with, with LeFou to, because he does worship the ground that Gaston walks on, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I don't know that it's necessarily going to feel shoehorned, but there's always that part of me that I'm just like, it's still kind of shoehorned, you know, it's still obviously there to appease an audience and to, and to show just how progressive we are and all this stuff. And, and I don't, I don't know that you have to do that or or use this as the format to do that, but that's me. And, uh, and like I say, I'm not trying to, not trying to start anything. I just, you know, again, Mm -hmm. I'm just not super for it. Yeah. And it was just information that was released this week. Mm-hmm. So, sure. just letting people know. Now, of course, the Oscars took place, and that was just a whole thing in and of itself. <laughs> you know what? But, All I, I never, I didn't watch them because I don't really care to watch the Oscars. But man, the I, I love the Steve Harvey stuff afterwards, mm-hmm. where he's been tweeting him like, "Hey, I got you, man. I feel you, bro." <laughs> what a mix-up! They did it on purpose for the publicity. I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. But I can say that Zootopia won for Best Animated Film and Pixar won for Best Animated Short for Piper. And Piper was one of the cutest shorts they've done in a very, very long time. Now, what was Piper? What did, what was it attached to? Uh, Finding Dory. Okay, and I've not seen Finding Dory. so It's on Netflix right now. It's on Netflix. Right like you were reading my mind my nephew loves fun he loves hank is who he loves so hank is great mm-hmm. he's funny um okay we already mentioned when moana is out on dvd but rogue one is coming too it's going to be out on blu-ray dvd and all that fun stuff on april 4th yes if you want to be a digital only then march 24th is your buy date and i've heard a lot of people or not a lot i i was i forget who i was listening to and it, and it wasn't even a star wars podcast but it was another podcast and they were talking about what they hope you know who it was it was techno retro dads with Chaz bazaar and jedi schwa and they were talking about this and um and they began to talk about the extras they wanted and that sort of thing and the one thing i've learned i think with star wars dvds you know you know what i can't really come well no hmm, yes all right the one thing i've learned is 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 to not really get my hopes up for too too much especially Mm -hmm. in the new era um you know, uh, Lucasfilm, every time they released, put it out again, there was always something different about it when, when they put it out. Not the film necessarily itself, but the special features and stuff would be a little bit different. Uh, Disney works a little bit differently. Um, you know, they're going to repackage with maybe one or two extras down the road, the way they did with The Force Awakens 3D back in the fall, uh, with that J.J. Abrams commentary on it. I don't know how many big special features we'll get. I imagine we'll get a featurette about Tarkin. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know if this is the place where they'll do a Carrie Fisher retrospective. I imagine something like that will be on the episode eight Blu-ray down the road. Um, yes. I'm I sure. Agree. I'm sure Gareth Edwards may do a commentary, and it'd be great if he had like Alan Tudyk with him, who is hilarious. But I don't expect any more than that. Uh, maybe some deleted scenes. You know, five or six deleted scenes. A commentary. Uh, by Gareth Edwards at the most, and um, 
and and a, and a featurette about Tarkin because that was the biggest deal. And uh, outside of that, I can't really imagine they're going to do too, put too too much emphasis on this. And I hope I'm wrong, but I'm just not getting my hopes up for some great special features. Well, I think there actually is a list of what the special features are somewhere. Well, shut up. I was looking, I was looking for the different releases to figure mm-hmm. out what store I was going to buy it from, and I think that's where I saw it. And the best deal is going to be at Target again because if you get it from Target, you will get ex- a code for exclusive digital features mm-hmm. with the Target version. But I don't remember what the full list of... Right, which, you know, they did that uh, with The Force Awakens, and now um, The Force Awakens, when they re-released it, has those special features attached to it that were... Right. That were. Uh, here we go. Uh, here's some... Special features, a rogue idea. Hear how ILM's John Knoll came up with the movie's concept. Uh, Jen, the rebel, gets to know Rogue One's defiant, resourceful survivor and what it was like for Felicity Jones bringing her to life. Cast- so they're going to do, apparently, and I imagine these won't be more than five or six minutes long, uh, character uh, focal featurettes. Um, a look, the look of new uh, of Lo- Rogue One. Oh, my land to this browser is being ridiculous right now. Um so it looks to me like they've got a bunch of featurettes, you know, that may or may not be the greatest. I don't understand what this website's doing to me. Come on, Screen Rant. You're better than this. Um, so uh, here we go. But somehow no deleted scenes. Here we go. Um, of course not. They're all in the trailers. The look of Rogue One, the filmmaker, describes the challenges and thrills of developing the bold new look. The princess and the governor see what it took to bring a vibrant young princess of Star Wars New Hope as well as one of her most memorable foes back to screen. Epilogue. The story continues. Filmmakers and cast celebrate Rogue One's premiere and look forward to the future. Rogue Connections. Uncover Easter eggs and film facts hidden throughout the movie that connect Rogue One. Um, not seen anything about commentary. Not seen anything about deleted scenes. And that's a little unfortunate because, because of all the deleted scenes that are in the trailer and that sort of thing, I think it'd be interesting to watch some of those with commentary. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that they do sometimes with deleted scenes to hear Gareth Edwards, Edwards talk about those things. Not trying to be a Debbie Downer. Uh, of course, I'll pick it up. I can't wait to watch this movie again. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I just I'm not holding my breath for anything major when it comes to the to the special features. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, since we really haven't done a proper show, we mm-hmm. haven't gotten to talk about the slate of films coming from Disney for 2017. Yes. And we're getting ready to start in March. So Beauty and the Beast will actually be the first one. It comes out in March. And then in April for Earth Day, we'll be getting Disney Nature's Born in China, which is all about panda bears. Shut up. Mm-hmm. I got a friend that's going to like that. Well, I'm going to like it. Apparently, our friends over at Skywalking Through Neverland got to see a preview of it. So they've seen it, and they tweeted at me that they wish that I was there. So I already know I'm going to mm. like it. Well, um, so I did watch uh, Bears, finally. Oh, good. Yes. How'd you watch Bears? On, well, I, I, I ordered it uh, with my Disney Rewards points. Oh. And... Uh, and and quite enjoyed it watching those little bears bounce around it. No, nary a bear was slapped though. Because <laughs> they don't really do that. Nary a bear was slapped. All right, and in May we have two Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Men Tell No Tales and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Oh, I cannot wait for. I think yeah. that's going to be that movie is hopefully it will live up to my expectations and may be my favorite movie of the year, rivaling Star Wars. 
You should probably just lower your expectations just in case. So that oh. way it for sure meets yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then in June, Cars 3. Oh, my God. Cars 3, the, all the trailers. And there was a new trailer that came out the other day um, with a little bit more of the story aspect about these faster, newer cars. Hmm. Seems like it's going to be a bit intense. Going to be a I'm Rocky Balboa excited. situation going on with, uh, with old Lightning McQueen. You speaking of cars the other day there we were driving down the road and there was this car that was all you know had like this huge spoiler on the back and everything and I was like hey look it's not rocket oh I thought you were going to say spoiler alert it's not rocket and wingo and dj um cuz they were like wild like that mm. and then in november so we have a huge drought between mm-hmm. june and november and then thor ragnarok yes comes out i think november. that's going to be amazing I need to uh, see Thor the, the Dark World. You is do. that the second one? That is. I don't have it. It's good. No, so I need to see it. And then in November, we have the second Pixar movie for the year, which is Coco, which is based on the Dia de los Muertos and Day of the Dead mm. uh, stuff. So that should be interesting. And then, of course, Star Wars The Last Jedi in December. You know what I found as I looked at this list? So there's no Disney there's, animated feature coming mm-mm. out in 2017? There's no Disney animated feature. But they did do two in 2016. They did Moana and Zootopia. And Zootopia. Huh. So. That's interesting. Huh. Well, what which of these are you looking most forward to? Um, mostest? Mm-hmm. Or like... Front half of the year and then second half. Most, most. Um, oh, right now, Cars 3. Okay, yeah. Even though I know Star Wars, but like, we haven't really seen anything about the story, so I can't. Right. Like, at this moment, with everything that I've seen, Cars 3. Yeah. I mean, honestly, for me, just from a, a standpoint of what's kind of got my interest the most peaked because I know the least about it but I've seen stuff that really gets me excited, is Thor. I'm mm. really excited for Thor. Well, the Hulk's going to be in it. Um, and and it's just, I, I have a feeling that it's going to be, and the way they're talking about it, it's going to be this this epic story with Thor. And um, I've really enjoyed, I'm in the minority that really enjoyed Thor The Dark World. Um, and uh, and I love Thor. I love the first Thor. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to Ragnarok to kind of round out that trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I mean, I think Star Wars goes for itself, but uh, you know, it's it's hard to get that Star Wars excitement up because it's still I, I'm still kind of on a coming down from the Rogue One stuff, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. So, well, let's do what we came here to do and talk about Bolt. Take one. Bolt is the greatest superhero on television. Action. And he thinks all his powers are real. Ready on the bars. I want to take Bolt home this weekend. Let's do this. Let's put a pin in it. Boop, pin in. I have a little girl at home. Love of my life. I would do anything for her. And I would trade her for you in a heartbeat. 
I'm coming, Petty! Whoa, 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 whoa! Don't let him out! He's never been off the set before! You're part of a TV show. Nothing you think is real is real! <sighs> nah, not likely. Okay, if you got superpowers, what's your best power? Can you fly? That information's classified. Now I'm concerned on a number of levels. You're both the super dog! Who are you? I'm Rhino. Rhino? The hamster. Well, you know, my ancestry is 116th wolf with a little wolverine in there. Walt Disney Pictures presents... Ring, ring. Who is it? Destiny? I've been expecting your call. John Travolta. There's a guard. I'll snap his neck. Miley Cyrus. Bolt, let's go. Nice move. In the comedy event of the holiday season. <gasps> There's no truck that I know that can keep him bolting rhino. Yoink! Walt Disney Pictures, Bolt. <gasps> this will be just like the time you infiltrated Calico's Arctic Hover Base! <laughs> It's not going to be exactly like that, Rhino. We're going to have to do things a little differently. Oh, stealth mode. Now playing. When Superman meets Homeward Bound, you get Bolt. This is the story of a dog who thinks he's a superhero because television executives can be cruel. It's also the story of a little girl who's lost her dog and no one cares to help her find him. It's also the story of a cat who's been abandoned by her owners who has to learn to trust again. In this instance, somebody watched Toy Story 2. It's also the story of a hamster who eats danger for breakfast, will break a dog catcher's neck, and lives in a ball. Somebody watched Bubble Boy. This story is Disney to a T. There are laughs and tears, a lot of them, action and excitement, and even a couple of things that don't quite make sense, but I'm sure we'll talk about them. This is the beginning of a Disney resurgence in this narrator's humble opinion. And this is the movie that proved dogs are nicer than cats. Hashtag, this one's for Ashley Eckstein. This is the movie that featured an animated Steve Glosson in a bit part as a dude in a USC shirt taking a U-Haul to California. This is Bolt. And here's Teresa with some history. It's real, it's real. You're ridiculous. Wait. Edit. Wait, edit. Edit. Uh, uh. Some, so. Wait, with some history. <laughs> wait, Teresa, with some history. Everything there is to know about the castle. Oh, well, actually, I, uh, yes, I do. As you can see, the pseudo facade was stripped away to reveal... Alrighty then. I don't know why I said that. This is the 48th animated Disney film, and it actually came out in November of 2008, and on its opening weekend, it opened as number three behind Twilight. Ugh. And Quantum of Solace. Hmm. Yeah. That was the second and, James Bond film starring Daniel Craig. Yep, yep, yep. And on its second weekend, it rose number two behind Four Christmases. Hmm. Yeah. And it don't, yeah, mm. Go ahead. So it did $26.2 million in its opening weekend. Mm hmm. Not bad not, at the time. Not too I shabby. Mean, I guess. Yeah. So, in the U.S. and in Canada, the film grossed 
something million dollars mm-hmm. by when it closed out on February 22nd of 2009. An additional $195.9 million was made internationally as of January 2nd, 2011 for a worldwide total of $309.9 million. Well, that's not too bad because I'm looking here at a, a parent budget of $150 million. Mm-hmm. So it didn't flop. That's good. No, no. So despite having a relatively marginal box office performance, it received strong positive critical reception and is renowned for playing an important role in instigating what is widely referred to as the Disney revival. Heck yeah, I nailed it and didn't even read the history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this, uh, as well as setting the studio in a new creative direction that would eventually give us Tangled and Frozen. Indeed. And Zootopia and Moana. Mm-hmm. Bolt was also Disney Animation's first feature film to be produced under the complete creative guidance of John Lasseter. Makes sense. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. It was also the first computer animated feature film to implement non-photorealistic rendering. Okay, I understand. I don't know how important that is, but apparently it is important. Well, that it looked like a cartoon instead of trying to make things look real uh, within within the within the confines of the cartoon. Got it. Okay, the animation team was told to complete the filming in eighteen months instead of the usual four years that it normally gets. Wow. Yeah. So on June eighth, two thousand and seven, Disney announced that the film was under its current name of Bolt. They made an announcement to everybody, and it was released on a Region A Blu-ray disc in the United States on March 22nd, 2009. The Blu-ray disc set included a standard DVD and digital copy version of the film. The single-disc DVD and special edition DVD followed on March 24th, and this marked the first time a major home video release debuted on Blu-ray before DVD. Here's a fun story. Hmm. I don't know how fun it is, but it's a story. Uh, as many people know, I moved this past summer from South Georgia up to Rome, Georgia, and I'm still in the process of getting boxes out of storage and figuring out where everything's going to go in this little apartment that I live in now. And uh, one of the things I kept telling Teresa is we can't do Bolt because I can't find it. I can't find it. I can't find it. And finally, I found it. And Bolt was one of the first Blu-rays I had because it actually came packed in with uh, the first Blu-ray player I ever had. Oh, cool. Yeah. And... Um, but when I got that, I wasn't doing digital copies and stuff. So there was just this extra disc in there because this was still when they would pack in the disc mm-hmm. for the digital copies and not just have a download code. So um, I've, I've got the uh, so I found the box with the Blu-ray in it and I've got everything hooked up, but I can't find my remote control that controls my receiver for my surround sound, um, which is a little bit frustrating. And so I'm trying to change the input out so I can watch the Blu-ray earlier today and i'm like well my lanta i can't and it won't work from the console itself i'm like what in the world so now i'm like well i guess i can put the dvd into my computer and just sit and watch it in my computer um and then i thought well i can try the digital copy and i looked at the little insert pamphlet because i'm used to now just putting in the code and i was trying to look for an expiration date and i saw where something expired in 2010 i'm like oh no the code's expired but then as I was pulling out the DVD, I'm like, oh, it's a digital copy disc. I wonder if this still works with the code that I've been given. And sure enough, I was able to digitally download Bolt and then just sit in the comfort of my big comfy chair 
and watch it via the Apple TV thanks to the magic wow. of digital movies. Yep. That's crazy. I'm yep. surprised it still worked. I was too. I was too, but it sure did. So. All right. Well, Bolt was released on both Blu-ray and DVD in the United Kingdom in 2009. And there is a short film called Super Rhino. It's included in the DVD and Blu-ray versions of the film. The DVD has sold 4.5 million copies. Wow. Generating $81 million in sales as of December 31st, 2009. That's a substantial amount of units. With this having been released earlier in the year, that's a substantial amount of units sold. Um, mm-hmm. This, I think, this is a movie that had a little bit more life after the fact. There are a lot of, uh, well, not a lot, but there are several Disney movies that are kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, it was actually nominated for several awards. It was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature, but it lost to Wally. It was nominated for the 2008 Golden Globe Award for Best Animated Feature Film and lost to Wally. It was nominated for the 2008 Golden Globe Award for Best Original Song, which lost to the song from The Wrestler. Mm. And then it was nominated for, because this one's super important, the Kids to the 2009 Kids Choice Award for Favorite Animated Movie, and it lost to Madagascar Escape to Africa. Hey, let me tell you something. Those Madagascar movies are popular with the, or they were at least popular with the kiddos. I know that. Yeah. I liked the first one, but I didn't see the reason for like continuing to go back. Because they like to move it, move it. They like to move it, move it. That's also what I. That's what I hear. From the lemurs. That's right. Here we Did go. Did you know there's like 20 different species of lemurs? Yeah. Didn't they just find a new one too? That they named that. Yeah. And there's they... like these little ones that hang out on these tree branches of these trees that have like spikes on them and stuff. Yeah. And and they have to learn how to like live in these top skinny branches and not get stabbed. In what the is? Foot. It wasn't a lemur. What was the thing they just discovered and they named after Skywalker? They named them Skywalkers. I don't know. A hamster? No, it was a type of... It, I feel like it might have been a lemur. But right now it's time for Fun Facts. Fun Facts! Woo! Say it proud and geek out loud. It's Fun Facts! What do we got, Teresa? All right, so there was a previous plot to this movie. And it told the story of a dog named Henry, a famous TV star who one day finds himself stranded in the Nevada desert with a testy one-eyed cat and an oversized radioactive rabbit. What? Who are themselves searching for new homes, all the while believing he is still on television. So, so mm, an oversized radioactive rabbit? Yes. Wow. I'm super glad they changed it to a hamster and a ball. I kind of want to see. I've not watched the special features. Please tell me there's like concept art of this rabbit. I don't know. Okay. To give the film's 3D backgrounds a hand-painted look, the company artists use new patented technology designed specifically for the film. Disney does this. They're Mm -hmm. like, here, let's do this 3D thing, but wait. Let's make something up to go with it that everyone else is going to want to use, and then they pay us to use it. Uh, you know, well, it started with Snow White with the uh-huh. multiplane camera yep, situation. Yep, yep. Yeah, there. Listen, Disney. This is why Lucasfilm has been such a great fit with Disney, is because Lucasfilm was a company known for pushing the medium forward, and and Disney, at least in the terms of animation, has done that consistently over the years. 
Mm-hmm. Now, both character is actually an amalgamation of different breeds. Although the designers started with an American White Shepherd. So he's a mutt. Yes. Okay. The lead character designer, Joe Mosier, said they the American White Shepherds have really long ears, a trait that he tried to caricature in order to allow the animators to emphasize Bolt's expressiveness. And the design of Rhino and his plastic ball was based on executive producer John Laster's pet chinchilla, who was brought to an animator's retreat during the film's production. Nice. It was Can a gibbon, by the way. In plastic balls? It was a gibbon they named Skywalker. A gibbon. Mm-hmm. Do they put chinchillas in plastic balls? I don't know. Let me see here. Is he st- Rod, our friend Bald-Headed Rod is no longer in the chat, so he can't answer that question. But I imagine, yeah, to keep them from running under stuff they don't need to run under, they can put them in those balls. I feel like chinchillas are very chill animals. Um, because they're chinchilla. Mmm. 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 Well, you know what? Also, they're cute. I'm going to give you a well played on that one. <laughs> I'm going to give you a well played on that one. Uh, see if you can find a chinchilla in a ball. All right. And the soundtrack featured the film score and two original songs. They were I Thought I Lost You, and they, that was sung by Miley Cyrus and John Travolta, and it was nominated for the Golden Globe for Best Original Song. Mm-hmm. And then, although Motorhead does have a song in the film, they do not seem to appear in either the soundtrack or the score. What song do they play by Motorhead in the film? Do Dog Face Boy. Mm. It's in the mailroom scene where there's a young worker listening to it on his headphones. I gotcha. And he ends up wrapping up Bolt in that box. Yep, yep, yep. All right, at around the 50-minute marker, so get out your timestamps. When Penny is printing Lost Dog flyers, the last four digits of the phone number on the copier are 8423. This makes the number 877-504-8423. This is a number reserved by ABC for movies and TV series. Calling it will provide the following short tape recorded message. Thank you for calling ABC. The number you have reached is a fictional non-working number used for motion picture and television production. Teresa, what's that number? I know. I, I haven't called it. I was scared to. 877-504-8423. All right. I found this. I don't know if it's true or not. So this could be one of those maybe not true fun facts. What? Okay, here we go. Let's see. We're calling it, by the way. You there? Yeah. Okay. It says it's connecting. Of course, now this has been many years ago, hasn't it? I don't know. It says it's calling. What if somebody answers? That'd be awesome. Then we'll have them on Vault Talk. Mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe it doesn't work anymore. Mailbox 212875 You cannot leave a message for this mailbox. Goodbye. Hmm. <laughs> Forget. I guess it doesn't work anymore. Go find yourself, you stupid recording. Yeah, go find yourself. Um, Teresa. <laughs> I have put in the in, in our Skype chat a picture for you of a chinchilla in a plastic ball. Oh. Yep. He's what is, he's a dark colored chinchilla. Yeah. Oh. 
look at him. So yeah, so John Lasser had a little chinchilla running around apparently in a plastic ball. Interesting. Okay, so in order to properly animate Rhino, the crew adopted a real hamster, which they called Doink, hmm. and filmed it from beneath while it was walking on a sheet of plexiglass. Thus, they were able to see how Rhino would walk in his plastic ball. Since the word bolt can be used as a vulgar word, meaning a male organ in Russian. What? The, fr- the film was released as Volt, V-O-L-T, in Russia. Uh, we didn't With the that hero called Volt. Yeah. Oh. The film is also called Volt in Hungary, France, and for the French language release in Canada. Besides the name of the film, uh, besides the name of the film is Lightning in Croatia, Slovakia, Estonia, and Poland, and Thunder in Bulgaria. Thunder. Kachaga, kachaga. Kachouch, kachow. <laughs> The number on Bolt's dog tag is the address of Disney's feature animation building. Is that the A23? Mm-hmm. Okay. Originally, Mittens was to be called Mr. Mittens, as her master never took the time to check if she was male or female. Oh, well, I'm glad they didn't do that, because, I mean, she already was tragic as it was, declawed. Yeah. Everything, yeah. And then the three pigeons that Bolt encounters in New York City are similar to those seen yes, in the Good are. Feathers segment of the of Animaniacs. Yes, they are. Yes, they and let are me very let me tell you something. Similar. Back when these trailers were coming out for this movie, uh, and and they'd have the TV spots and everything, they'd show those pigeons, and those pigeons captured my imagination because of the way they're animated. They do the little head jerks and everything, just like pigeons, um, and it owns me. As they're sitting there talking, that is one of the my favorite, one of the funniest things to me from this movie. They're you know, the way those yes. pigeons are animated and they move, and they are very much like the pigeons, the Good Feathers from from the Animaniacs. That was not lost on me either, as a fan of the Animaniacs from way back. So, yep, yep, yep. Teresa, what'd you think of this movie? I love Bolt so much. And, is, you know, I'd forgotten how much I love Bolt until it I watched so it good. again. It is and then so I good. I just wanted to talk about it because I was like. I danger for breakfast. It is so, so good. But I was thinking about something while I was watching it, and, I, and, and I've never thought about this before when it comes to this movie. It, do you feel like there's a secret? Because, of course, Lasseter's now in full control, as you said, and, and, and there seemed to be this underlying thing that Pixar does with a lot of their films under his leadership that, that seemed to be done here, that as much as it was about Bolt trying to get back to Penny that it seemed to me like there's also a bit of a message about child stars and what they go through and the way they kind of get forgotten and replaced really easily, using Bolt in the place of like a child star. Totally. It also, I think, shows how sometimes animals get mistreated too. Do you really think they're mistreating animals that much anymore these days, though? Well, not because of PETA. <laughs> Because if you do, Peter will get up all of it. Oh, there. yeah. They'll even edit a video to make it look like you're just completely mistreating an animal. Yeah, man. Leave dog's purpose alone. Mm. Did, you watch, did you watch that movie? No, but I wanted to. I didn't see it yet. Instead, I was watching La La Land like three times. Okay. Um, but, yeah, that's one of the things I thought because it was so, you know, they, they were so ready just to forget him and move on and the way they treated the poor thing i mean that's the one thing that's really unrealistic is making the dog think he's really a superhero 
Um, yeah. That's the that's the only kind of unrealistic. I mean, okay, talking animals, fine. But what I'm saying is, as far as a premise goes, that the reason he really thinks he's a superhero is because they've never let on to the dog that he's not. Um, but man, it is just it it's it. You kind of want to strangle everybody and be like, listen to Penny, everybody. Let the dog be a dog. No. Kind of get- you know, uh, it is like that. And it's like he has to live in a trailer. Mm-hmm. Like that? Ugh. Well, like and that. when they're... And then the... I love cats, you know that. But these cats, in the beginning, <laughs> evil cats. <laughs> well, this, this whole movie proved that cats are evil. Mittens wasn't evil. Well, she started out... Look, she was terrorizing those birds. She was running a racket on those pigeons. She was hungry and she doesn't have claws. Making her bring him food. Well, but they didn't know that. I know, but she couldn't give it away. She was she like was useless. She was all mobbed up with the pigeons and stuff. See, and that is an exact reason why my cats are not declawed. Because mm. what happens if they get lost or, you know, they run away or something happens and then they end up outside and can't defend themselves? Yeah, but what happens when they run up your leg and... and well, first of all, my cats don't run up my leg. Well, you know what I mean. You know, they lay on them and cuddle, but, mm-hmm. you know, they do run. And then they start stretching those little claws out and scratching you all up. No, they just biscuit you. Ruining furniture. No, mine don't, because they know they would get in trouble. No, but they just biscuit. I don't know what that means. That means when the cats take their claws mm-hmm. and, you know, and they like, kind of, it's like they're kneading bread, mm-hmm. you know, so they, they like kind of come out and, <laughs> and you they call like that... sort of like, it looks like they're like kneading bread. I call it biscuiting. You call it biscuiting. Okay. Like they're All making right. biscuits. There's a new, there's a new term for us. Oh, I wish I had the ability just to make, make t-shirts at will because I would, <laughs> I, <laughs> I would make a total biscuit t-shirt. <laughs> That's a good one. Biscuit me. Of course, when I say biscuit me, it means something completely different. It means hand me that biscuit, and there better be some butter on it. I do like biscuits. Oh, I love a good biscuit. I good. I like a good, nice, and flaky biscuit. Mmm. Now I'm hungry. Yeah. Oh, I love a good biscuit. Um. So John Travolta is Bolt, huh? John. Yeah. And you know what's funny? John Travolta's had a lot of plastic surgery. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He doesn't even look like himself anymore. Yeah. Did you watch... I forget where I saw him. Well, did you watch the American crime story thing, the O.J. Simpson thing? That was what it was. I was like, what Him playing Shapiro. Yeah, he looked... And I couldn't tell if it was plastic surgery, if they just had him made up. I think it was just not really great makeup. I'm just not sure. Um, He didn't look great in that thing, but I do love his voice. Just listening to him and not really having, not looking at him, it's better. Yeah. Because I don't know what he did to himself. Boo. Boo. Uh, well, you know what? I was surprised to find out that he sang that song with Miley Cyrus from the movie. The uh, the one yeah. that's in the credit, the I Thought I Lost You. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it dawned on me that, you know, the way we were introduced, his big break outside of Welcome Back, Cotter, his big break on... Um, on the big screens and everything was um, singing and dancing. Saturday Night Fever. Well, Saturday Night Fever, Grease. Mm-hmm. You know, so singing and dancing, man. He he's a 
He's a triple threat, John Travolta. He's singing, he's dancing, he's acting. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was a good fit for Bolt. And Bolt was... Bolt? Bolt is that dog that you're just like, I love you, you're so cuddly and cute and Mm -hmm. all of this stuff, but you would, like, totally save my life. Yeah, yeah. And he's just so amazing. But, you know, when he finally realizes that he's not actually a superhero, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like when Buzz Lightyear figures out that he's not actually, you know, an astronaut. Right. Again, some very... And he's like, I'm Mrs. Nesbitt. It's like... (laughs) Yeah, but Bolt doesn't snap and go crazy. He just gets sad. And, and he's still, but, but he's still determined to get back to Penny, and he determines to save mittens from the pound, and and he tells and he tells uh, Rhino, he's like, we're going, and that's when he says we're going to have to do it differently. And Rhino's so excited, he's fogging up his ball, <laughs> and he, puts, he says, "Oh, stealth mode." <laughs> well, and then one of my favorite uh, my favorite scenes with Rhino is when he actually gets out of his ball. Yeah, he gets out of his ball and he like touches the ground very timidly, like, and then he just starts cackling. Yeah, he just starts cackling out loud, and then it cuts, and then it cuts to the uh, the dog catcher filling up the truck, and you hear you hear just the little squeak of a hamster. (laughs) (laughs) They did a good job of that too. They like that's another thing they did. Well, let me go back to this thing about Buzz Lightyear. There were several moments or several themes and things that happened in this movie that really made me think. All right, they're they're taking they're taking some cues from Toy Story. The whole when Bolt finds out he's not a superhero, the whole Mitten story of being abandoned is is straight up Jesse from Toy Story oh, Two. Yeah, um, you know, and I'm like, well, okay, but I give him a pass because it's a different thing. But they also do a really good job of establishing the rules of this universe that in which Bolt is set. Uh, in other words, animals can talk to animals, but people can't talk to animals. So, mm-hmm. so people hear when animals are talking, they hear the, it's almost the, the 101 Dalmatian situation. When, right. when the animals are yeah. talking, people hear just barking and animal noises, but all mm-hmm. the animals can talk to each other. So this is set in the 101 Dalmatians universe. 15 stolen puddles. Mm, puddles? Mm. Oh, bother dash. Oh, bother dash. No, it's puddles. Um... So, for all of our UK listeners, uh, in America, biscuits are not cookies. What you call biscuits, we call cookies. Yeah. What you call biscuits, we call cookies. I don't know what you call what we call biscuits over there because biscuits are hashtag glorious. They're so, so Toy Story and Toy Story 2 had already come out by now. Right. So, yeah. They'd been out for about like more than 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm not surprised that they took some stuff, but yet, sure. what do you call biscuits in England? They, they cakes. Are because biscuits? Okay, so a biscuit is like bread. Mm-hmm. It's round and golden okay. brown American. and fluffy. It's like a little. It's like you eat it at breakfast time, kind of like toast. Well, but here it's we go. A biscuit. Scones. They call them scones. But a scone is harder, isn't it? Well, this is a, it's a classic shortcake for strawberries, not a mini sponge cake. Uh, people in the U- UK unfamiliar with American biscuits, perhaps savory fairy cakes is a good comparison. Okay, so yes. So savory um, fairy, fairy, fairy cakes. Savory fairy cakes. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm. Well. Do you like savory fairy cakes? Hmm. 
Here, have a savory fairy cake. The next time I have biscuits, mm. I'm gonna oh, I'm take sorry, a picture Stephanie. of him and post them on Instagram with a hashtag savory fairy cake. I apologize, Stephanie in the chat is not in the UK, he's in Australia. Oh. Hold on. Okay. <clears throat> Good eye. Have a hold on. Have a savory fairy cake. Wait, no, that doesn't. No. The size of a tangerine. Crikey. Savory fairy cake. Shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> savory fairy cake. <laughs> Have a savory fairy cake. Fastest. Australian for beer. Savory fa savory. I'm trying to, I'm doing. I'm, just, he's just rolling his eyes at you right now. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Back to Bolt. <laughs> okay. Oh, he's about to tell me to go find Did myself. Did you know that in Australia there's like. Australia. Um, a thousand things that could like animals that could like kill you. Oh, everything! Everything in Australia wants to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. He said prawn on the Barbie. Prawn on shrimp. the Barbie. Prawn. Prawn. Fast. <laughs> Fosters. Australian. For beer. Fifteen That's... spotted puddles. You know what's funny about the fifteen spotted puddles? No, fifteen spotted puddles. Hmm. That came up. Oh, my mom's going to have to remind me. That came up at some point during the process of being at the hospice facility or planning for the funeral. And I don't remember why, mm -hmm. but my mom and I just started hysterically laughing about 15 spotted puddles. <laughs> 15 spotted puddles. Hmm. That is boulder dash. Oh, anyway. So, um, back to Bolt. So, Miley Cyrus, we talked about her in our... TV show episode. It was kind of like perfect timing, right? Mm-hmm. She's in this. Uh, I really liked her as Penny, but most of the time I couldn't tell it was her. I could. She, I mean, she definitely had that Miley Cyrus voice going on. Well, the um, young one that, you know, she was much yeah. younger when this happened. Well, sure, much younger than she is now. She's nine years younger, seven, or almost ten years younger mm -hmm. than she is now. When did this come out again? 2008. Okay, yeah, so almost 10 years younger. Um, so, but I could tell it was her. I mean, I, you could definitely hear that that Miley Cyrus voice. I did not like her agent. I wanted to punch Nobody him did. Nobody face. did, yeah. Let's put a pin in it. Boop. No. Boop. You put a pin in it. Yeah. I Go just, find yourself. But I also, it also kind of irritated with me with her mother because her mother never stepped in. Yeah. Like, and, my mom would have been like, no, we're going to find Bolt. And no, Bolt is going to go home and stay with us. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Mom would have been like, mm-mm. Yeah. That's another shirt. Go find yourself. Go find <laughs> With, like, a magnifying glass. That's right. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> That's awesome. Um, so we have two new shirts. Go find yourself and something about biscuits. Biscuiting. Biscuiting. It should say something like biscuits and savory fairy cakes. Savory fairy cakes. Have a have a savory fairy cake. Now, do you have a favorite part of Bolt? Like, or is there a part of the story that you feel like is very important? Well, I'll tell you what. There's this there's this sub story that's going on throughout the whole thing uh, with the guys moving across country in their U-Haul. Oh yeah, and uh, and and I'm telling you, when that dude sits down on the couch that they're trying to move, I'm like, 
who who got a picture of me circa 2007 and used it to animate this dude? Because <laughs> I'm like, that's totally me on that couch. Except for the USC shirt, that's totally me. Um, I liked... Uh, I mean, I love the whole thing. I really do. I like the pound scene. I like when they're rescuing mittens from the pound a whole lot uh, because there's a whole lot going on there. You know, it's the moment of, you know, just the friendship being forged and everything. Bolt has realized he's not um, a superhero, but Rhino still doesn't realize it. And Rhino is being Rhino. And when he says there's a guard there, I'll snap his neck. You know, that, that kind of stuff is just... And then when Rhino goes and... And all the dogs like ball, 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 ball. And they start going nuts. And when the dude walks in, Rhino's is in the dog's mouth. And, uh, and when he starts to run to get out, the slobbers all slick and everything. And there's that whole mess of them getting out is just, you know, it's, it's this mini adventure that in a lot of ways mimics the stuff that Bolt does do as a superhero without him having his powers and everything. And I thought it was just really a neat kind of take on on doing one of those bolt adventures that we see the show that we see the movie open with without um without him having the superpowers and stuff it's just a cool it's it's a superhero moment really i mean because in one of the things that happen a lot of times in comic books with superheroes and particularly uh i'm thinking of a of an issue of a few issues of spider-man a while back where spider-man loses his powers and um and and the villains choose to come after him. They don't know he's lost his powers, but he, all these villains start showing up, and he has to go fight them even without his powers. And so he has to figure out clever ways of not letting it letting on that he doesn't have the powers that he's had, and still winning the day. And mm-hmm. and this and that's kind of a thing that happens to superheroes every now and again. Happened with Superman. Happens with a lot of these superpowered guys. And so to me, they hit a lot of the right superhero type moments um, with this, with that twist of him not being a superhero and then having to do that, you know, him having learned it and everything. And Rhino just trips me out. Rhino is one of the best characters to come out of a, one of the best supporting characters to come out of a Disney movie in a long time. Oh, I agree. You know what? One of my favorite scenes was you were talking, I was trying to think of mine. When he's getting attacked, when Bolt's getting attacked by the packing peanuts, and yes. he's like, what is this? What are these things? They're taking away my power. Well, that's just styrofoam peanuts. Styrofoam. What is this, sty- what is this styrofoam? <laughs> that's and his then, weakness. And then Mitten's using them. He's like, oh, beware of the styrofoam. <laughs> yeah. Um. And he's like, I will, you know, stare through this thing, and he's just standing there, and like nothing's happening, and there's just like crickets. <laughs> he's like, "Why is this not working?" <laughs> <laughs> well, and when they're in the, when they're actually in the, um, the the pound truck, and she's like, "You can't, you're not strong. You can't bark your way out." And it gets quiet. And she's like, "And you can't stare at it either." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it cuts to him, and he's sitting there trying to stare it down. Yeah, there's some great little character moments. And I think that's what makes this movie, to me, you know, so good is there is that whole action-adventure kind of thing. But the characters are pretty well drawn out. They're not, I mean, they're not going to be the most dynamic characters in the world, but they're good, fun characters that, quite frankly, if this were an age of sequels or 
you know, making animated series based on these things, uh, you know, these are characters that I think would be fun to spend more time with. Oh, yeah. There could have been, like, a Disney TV show with these guys. Yeah, I know they made a video game. Yes, they made several, Mm -hmm. I think. I think, I didn't play it, but I know they made several of them. Um, Will Out Loud in the chat is asking about the beat it stupid cat part. I don't know if I remember that. Is that the beginning? With those stupid mean cats? Or is this mittens? Or is this rhino talking? Oh. Have y'all talked about know. beat it stupid cat? Let's I don't remember. Maybe he'll tell us. But just like, yeah, you're right. These oh, characters- I know what it is. Yes, it's when... <laughs> it's when... Uh, um, when... I don't know why. I, oh, I put up the wrong volume here. Here we go. Beat it, stupid cat! Beat it, stupid cat! <laughs> Beat it, stupid cat! Oh, that needs to be a ringtone or a text tone. Uh, it's when she teaches Bolt how to beg and look cute. Oh, yeah. And every yeah. trailer he goes to, like, oh, here you go, here you go. And then it cuts to the door open and it's her. Beat it, stupid cat! And they throw a frying pan at her. So good. Terrible. So good. Oh, I love it. I think it's great. Because cats what are, other, are there, what other lines from Rhino are there? Cats that are, just are wicked. Really good? Well, there's let it begin, let it begin when he's. Oh yeah, let it's it going to be dangerous. I eat danger for breakfast. Yeah, he cracks his neck when he's um, when he goes to rescue Bolt, and he's about to get out of the ball, and he's like, "Hello, who's calling? Destiny, I've been expecting your call." That was great. <laughs> and the whole speech he gives Mittens when he realizes Bolt has left Las Vegas. And uh, and he's just giving this great inspirational speech about you stand by your friends when they because they've stood by you and they've helped you out so you're gonna help them out and he goes rolling off and he turns right and she's like he went the other way and he's still just talking and then you just see him go move across the screen going back the other way. Um, <laughs> he's a great little supporting character. He's absolutely, I mean, in the vein of like a scuttle. You know, just yeah. being just being hilariously funny, but you know, really, spe- you know, kind of at moments making you feel like he's a part of the the overall. Of course, even more so part of the overall story than what Scuttle was. But those kind of things, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I just I love this movie because it's lighthearted, it's fun, it has a good story, and sure, there are some sad points. I mean, especially at the end <sighs> when basically Penny almost dies, and yeah. he has to be. A superhero dog and he's not even you know that's the thing about dogs and I love my cats but the thing about dogs is that they love so much that they will risk their lives for their owners mm-hmm. yeah dogs you know, are super and, loyal yeah and they like oh, there's a lot of dogs that would do something like that mm-hmm. you know well and two there's the moment it cuts to Penny talking to her mom about him being out there and she's like I'm just worried he's scared and her mom says he's never been scared and and that then cuts to them you know jumping on the train um mm-hmm. you know and he's not and that's the thing is like and then and it shows the difference between Bolt and that trained dog they bring in when the dog gets around fire he freaks out and causes the fire but to that me the saddest not Bolt dog my gosh the saddest moment is when he sees her loving on that dog think not knowing that it's a rehearsal and he really, he you know, he just remembers what Mittens has said, and he feels like he's been replaced. And I'm like, no, this movie is too close to being over. 
You can't get this sad. What are you going to do? Leave Baymax in the other dimension too? You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> oh, but it all turns out good. And she yes. has to take him home. And they're like, we quit this stupid show. That's right. That's Which right. was good. Yeah. She needed to. She needed to go be a kid with her dog. Well, and again, that comes back to what I was saying. I think that there is a little bit of commentary on the life of child actors. And it's really ironic, you know, that it's Miley Cyrus, of all people, doing the voice uh, for Penny. Um, because some would say that some of her behavior after Hannah Montana is a direct result of her having been in the limelight as a child. You know, and we've seen story after story of child actors who have had their lives basically really harmed by the, by the light that was shined on them as a kid that they could either never shake off as an adult or, you know, they were just really mistreated or, or taken advantage of, you know, financially or otherwise as children. Mm -hmm. And it, and it messes them up, you know, for a while. And, um, and yeah, so it's, it's like this, it's this strange, it's this weird victory of yes, they're leaving. Thank goodness. You know? Um, but it also, you know, the whole thing, let me ask you this. The whole thing opens up. I have, I have a couple of questions. The whole thing opens up with him as a puppy, Bolt as a puppy, and she goes and finds him and names him Bolt and everything. And then it cuts to her on the phone with her dad. And, and, you know, it's almost like the opening credits of maybe like a, the TV show itself before it cut, before it goes into their adventure. Um, is, is she picking up Bolt as a puppy, and is that her personal puppy that she ends up bringing into the film world with her, or is that as is that like the origin scene of her finding Bolt in the in the TV series? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. is, is it well, is it a when I first watched it or rewatched it, I thought it was the first one, like that she was just getting a puppy. Mm -hmm. But now I'll let you bring that up. Maybe it is. Maybe yeah. it's just a, a plot line thing. Yeah. Just to show her, like like the opening of the of the of a television show. Yeah, I think that's probably what it is. Hmm. That's disappointing. Um. I'd like to think that she bought him. Yeah. And then she got wrapped up in this world, and they, you know. She was like so attached to her dog that her dog had to go everywhere with her, and then they said, "Okay, well, we'll just make a show with both of you." Yeah, maybe I don't. But know. that doesn't sound like Hollywood. The other, the other question I have about this movie, and I'm not trying to pick it apart. It's just really confusing to me. Does maybe it shouldn't be confusing? Does he get shipped to New York from yes. from Hollywood? Okay, he gets shipped to New York in a box. Right. So that's why he's going from New York to Hollywood. I was like, I thought, I didn't realize how much time had passed when he was in that box. I thought he was just like got picked up at the studio and taken down to the sorting facility, you know, and that's where he op the dude opens it up to find out what it is. And then he gets out and I thought they were filming in New York and he goes to Hollywood and they just happen to now be filming in Hollywood again. But oh, he, he actually he got gets shipped all the way to New York. Yes. Okay. So he has to cross the country to yeah. get back. Well, good thing old Mittens randomly picked out Hollywood for him. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I guess you're just looking at the furthest spot from her on that map. 
But the map from like the Denny's. Yeah, we're just one waffle away. We're one. All I'll, right. Well, there are two songs. Yes. Um, they're okay. They're not great. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not you know my all time favorites or anything. Yeah. One of them's called. Couldn't, one of them's called. Beat to be cat. <laughs> no. Okay. What are the songs? Barking at the Moon? I thought I Barking at the Moon and I Thought I Lost You. I Thought I Lost You is the song that John Travolta and Miley Cyrus sing. Mm-hmm. Is Barking at the Moon that's the one that plays while they're on the road? I'm not sure. Well. But those are the only two that are not like score songs on the soundtrack. Right. Um, let's see. Yeah. Waffle World is the name of the place where that map comes from. So much to give. I swear I do. I may not have nine lives, but this one feels brand new. That's a little country, mm-hmm. um, but that's it's this is it's a great montage of them traveling across the states because it all starts with him beginning to learn how it feels to stick his head to be out a the regular window, dog. yeah, and to stick his head out the window and just the sheer joy he gets when he sticks his head out that window is just this great little moment. Like you really believe dogs feel that way the first time they they stick their head out the window while you're driving down the road. Um, mm-hmm. And they all do it. They're all like, I've got to have my head out there. Um, and uh, But I love the little montage. I love the traveling montage because that's there, that's where we meet up with our college guys again who, mm-hmm. who are moving across the country. And we see them throughout. In fact, Rhino steals a French fry from the fat dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So that's some good stuff. The other one is, uh, I guess they play it during the credits, don't they? Yes, this is at the end. The I Thought I Lost You. In 2008, John Travolta still had it vocally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did a good job there. 
I'm, yeah. uh, I feel like Miley Cyrus could do better. She's a better vocalist. Yeah, maybe she was tra- channeling like her Hannah Montana because it kind of sounds like Hannah. Montana. I think she was. She, uh, she's not the worst singer. She actually has a lot of talent. Um, and there, mm-hmm. I've seen some performance of her where she does a really good job. But that whole, uh, some of that Hannah Montana stuff to me, it's a little too simple. And when she, when she kind of stretches herself, I think she's a little bit better talent. And she was. She'll never be achy breaky heart. <laughs> She'll never be daddy. But, uh, well, I don't think she wants to be. They, these, you know, what's weird though is in a movie that the the score is very kind of action packed feeling, you know, and and very uh, that it it has that feel of an adventure kind of thing. These country sounding songs are kind of weird. They don't mm. they don't feel like the best fit to me. I would agree with that. Um, it's like you said, they're not the worst songs, but they're not bad. So they're just not mm-hmm. the they they just they're just a weird strange strange fit. Teresa, I love this movie. I think it's a I great movie, you. and um, and and I was so glad to get to it. And and as I was watching it, it kind of hit me. I'm like, this really is kind of the first. And I didn't know anything about the history or or what people say about it. But I'm like, this really kind of is, from a storytelling standpoint, a step so big in the right direction for Disney at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I've not. I can't think of a movie that I just haven't enjoyed. You know, there were just, you know, Home on the Range was a misstep. It just wasn't, it wasn't as good as it could have been, you know, when when we talk about it. And I feel like that was kind of a low point. Chicken Little wasn't bad. Um, it just wasn't very memorable to me. Uh, mm-hmm. We haven't talked Meet the Robinsons yet. We will be talking Meet the Robinsons with Patreon supporter Sarah coming up soon. And it's a fun, funny movie, but... Um, but again, as I recall, it's just not as memorable, you know, character-wise and stuff. There are moments that are memorable, just like with Chicken Little. There are little moments here and there that are memorable. But, but as a, as a story, as a whole, there's just something about these movies from, uh, you know, I think of Atlantis and Treasure Planet and and some of these other movies we've done that though they're good, they're not bad. They just don't really capture your imagination or your emotions. The way mm-hmm. that Bolt began to do that again for Disney, and and I think yeah, it this, really is the start of a trend for them. Yeah, this is the first one for me since Lilo and Stitch that the story is very cohesive, that you get attached to the characters, and that you're invested. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when Lilo and Stitch was right there in the middle of this sort of thing that was going on, and you know, it was it Lilo and Stitch is an outlier from this era. And so is the Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. Because those two can stand on their own almost as if they weren't even a part of this time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, you're right. Like, with Bolt, you know, we're getting ready to get into it, Steve. It's going to get heavy in here, <laughs> but in such a good way. Because it's like Princess and the Frog, Tangled, Frozen, Winnie the Pooh, Wreck It, Ralph, Big Hero 6. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. It's going to get good. It's going to yeah. get good. Yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah, I, I I think it is. I'm trying to figure out what to go out on here. Well, uh, I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's a good Bolty song. I don't either. Maybe something by Michael Bolton. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, you're speaking my language now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you're speaking my language, my friend. 
we will we can do some Michael Bolton. Well, while you're looking for that, just in case people were confused, we did not skip number 47, which is Meet the Robinsons. We do have a Patreon supporter that is going to be the guest for that episode. And so, you know, we have to deal with scheduling and stuff. But we wanted to get Disney Vault Talk rolling again. So Meet the Robinsons will happen. Um, It's going to be out of order. And we're just going to keep rolling. And the plan right now is to give you a little bit of dose of Disney every week moving forward. So uh, hopefully we stay on track because if we do, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We only have eight more weeks until we are out of the animated feature, Steve. And we're in to Pixar. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are anxious for us to get into Pixar, but um, we've got a lot of good stuff between now and then, regardless of how long it takes. I mean, like, it's it's worth taking your time and chewing on some of these that are coming up. You know, you're talking about... I can't about... wait for some Wreck-It Ralph. You've yes. no idea. Oh, my gosh. That's such a good movie. Yeah, it's so much fun. It's one that I have in my collection and can't wait to watch again. Um, well, Teresa, it's good to have you back, my friend. It's good to do a Disney Vault Talk. It always makes me happy. So hopefully next will be Meet the Robinsons. If not, Meet the Robinsons. We're going to move to the next one, which is... Princess and the Frog. Looking forward to it. I've not watched Princess and the Frog. Oh, so this will be a good. first for me. Yeah, uh, Teresa, how can people get in touch with us? So, in between shows, you can send us an email to vaulttalk at gmail.com. Put two T's in the middle of that, vaulttalk at gmail.com. You can find us in the Facebook group for uh, the Gulliverse. So, just go to geekoutonline.com slash group, and that'll take you right over to the Facebook group and request to join. We do have a Facebook page. Um, Just search for Disney Vault Talk, and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Disney Vault Talk. I am at Ice Cold Penguin, and Steve is at Steve Glosson, and you can follow the Gulliver's on Twitter at Gulliver's, G-O-L-I-V-E-R-S-E. Indeed. And uh, don't forget, if you want to support us, there's Amazon links at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com, as well as Entertainment Earth links and Think Geek links. Uh, there's a new way to buy Geek Out Loud shirts for you Geek Out Loud listeners out there. You can go to geekoutonline.com slash tees, T-E-E-S. And uh, that'll take you to a new site. Uh, We're transferring all our stuff over to a different T-shirt provider. So slowly but surely, things will be there for now. If you want a Disney Vault Talk-themed shirt, you can find those at geekoutonline.com slash shirts. Patreon.com slash geekoutloud if you want to support the shows directly. And we appreciate everyone so much who does. And again, I can't say enough how happy I am to have Teresa back. Uh, We've got more Rebel Yale, more Disney Vault Talk coming your way soon. But until then, I'm Steve. And I'm Teresa. May all your May days... All... Oh, do you say that, don't you? I don't know. I get... Go ahead. I don't know. Are you purple or am I blue? You're, what is it? You're purple. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm Steve. May... <laughs> and I'm Teresa. May all your days be magical. And may all your dreams come true. See you next time, everybody. sure it's an all your wishes come true no that's what Just, i say you know you said and i <laughs> today I said all you your said dreams and all your dreams come oh true. come on steve <laughs>